On the show this week, I talk to Andy Couchman, co-founder of Protection Review. We talk about how the Protection Review Conference, Dinner and Awards has grown to become one of the premier financial services events of the year. And we talk about the new iMark, which seeks to recognise true innovation. Welcome to episode 197 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hey folks and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Happy New Year. Thanks as always for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week is a bit of a special episode. As you know, I'm a marketing guy from Edinburgh and a keynote speaker, and I spend a lot of time working with people to help them keep their marketing strategies simple. But I also work for Protection Review as marketing director, and Protection Review is about to launch a new accolade, the iMark, which recognises true innovation in the UK financial services industry, in the UK protection sector. And I thought it'd be a really good idea to get co-founders founder of Protection Review, Andy Couchman, onto the show to talk about the new iMark and what we're hoping to achieve with it. So let's get straight into that interview with Andy right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Andy Couchman, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Roger, thank you very much. Andy, tell me, we are using Zoom to talk to each other, and where are we Zooming each other from today? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Uh, I'm down in the Cotswolds in a little village. We lived near uh, Boston-on-the-Water, I suppose, would be the place that that people might might know if they know the area. Andy, you and I have worked together for many, many years. Uh, The listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast know that I'm a marketing consultant, but I also work very closely with the Protection Review as marketing director. And you've been a founder of the Protection Review going back many, many years. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about how the Protection Review came about, but we're also going to talk about something that Protection Review is launching this week, and that is the iMark. But before we get into that, Andy, give me a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, where you're going, and what makes Andy Couchman tick. Sure. Really a career of two halves. The first half was corporate life working for three different insurance companies. The last one, uh, which was Allied Dunbar. I was with for 12 years in senior product marketing roles, and there I helped develop uh, and establish products in the investment, mortgage, and protection market. 26 years ago this month, um, I left Allied Dunbar and set up my own business in what would now be called a, a portfolio role. We didn't really have a name for it at the time, and um, have done various roles within that, working for the Chartered Insurance Institute. Uh, writing an awful lot of books and online training materials. 15 years ago, Peter LeBeau and I got together. We'd known each other uh, for some time and had long discussed the idea that we, we ought to work together on some sort of project. And we decided that there was a bit of a gap in the in the market, in the protection space, that would really encourage advisors to look again at protection insurance, that would give information on protection insurance, would give 
opinions uh, and would give views on products, would give analysis. And uh, we felt that that would be something that would be useful to advisors, but also to insurance companies, to reinsurers, and all the many organizations which, which serve the industry and its customers. And so we established it uh, with, with an annual book, a uh, hard copy book in those days. And within that, we included not, not just our opinions, because the opinions of Peter LeBeau and Andy Couchman, fantastic as they might be, it's just a very small insight into the market. So we went to all the people that we knew and trusted uh, and said, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And we established the book. We uh, we launched it with a, an annual dinner in London. The first one of those that we ran, we had something like 80 people attend and we were absolutely delighted. And then it's developed so that we developed out of that the, the award ceremony, which is now a very key part of the dinner because it rewards those organizations and those individuals who are doing most for the customer. And that's the important thing in, in everything that we try to achieve is looking to get best possible outcomes for, for customers. And the, the belief that if you can do that, then the industry that, that's on the back of that is an industry that you and I would want to work in. It's an industry that will attract people. And most importantly, it's an industry that will actually produce real good stuff for its, for its customers. And so, uh, as I say, we developed the, the awards, we developed the, the annual conference, which again is a slightly different view of the market. Uh, we've done product reviews now for many years. We continue to be opinionated, hopefully on the basis of bringing quite a lot of experience to, to what we say, but it's really uh, an opening point. We're, we're starting debates on issues getting people talking about some of the issues that we ought to talk about, sometimes issues that maybe we are struggling to find answers to. And uh, all of that is, is part of protection review. Of course, we've expanded it, and it now includes people like yourself, uh, Kevin Carr's uh, Chief Executive Officer. That's a very brief update on, on where I am today. And of course, I can remember back in those days when Protection Review launched, when, as you say, it was a paper book, and it was a fairly weighty tome, if I remember rightly. These days, of course, most of the um, published material is online on the Protection Review website. The conference is probably the the go-to event of the year. The conference dinner and awards is one of the most prestigious events of the year within the financial services industry. And, and it takes place at that remarkable landmark hotel in London, which is, is, again, probably one of the most prestigious venues in London itself. So the Protection Review has developed, it's grown, and as a founder member, you must be incredibly proud of that achievement. But your role within Protection Review over the years has mainly focused on the actual reviews of the products. How do you go about researching and reviewing those products? And probably more importantly, how over time have you created that benchmarking so that you can be fair to each of the product providers and, and, and effectively mark them to the same sort of level? Uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that my background, my, my day job used to be developing products. So mm. I know just how tough it is when you're sat in meetings you're arguing that this or that should or shouldn't be part of a product. Um, and also fortunate in that my experience took me into lots of areas, including private medical insurance, long-term care insurance, as well as the traditional products of life insurance, critical illness, and, and income protection, all of which I had responsibilities for as a, as a marketing manager. So bringing, bringing some of that to, 
sort of what we do on reviews has been incredibly useful. But the, the, the process itself, there are lots of ways in which you can review a product. And since I, I started reviewing products, one of the things that we've seen in recent years is some, some very good products in the marketplace that are really, really analytical. So if you take, for example, CI experts, they will take apart a critical illness policy. They will look in detail at all of the individual conditions that are covered under the policy, and they will also look at possible incidents of that illness. So as an advisor, you can build up a really detailed picture of exactly how much cover you've got. The approach we take is different. We take a much more holistic view and look at the product overall and say, does it does it make sense? What are the good points? What are the bad points? I suppose I'd liken it to the difference between perhaps which magazine looking at a product and taking it apart and putting it back together again, uh, and perhaps a, a road test of a car, whether it's Jeremy Clarkson writing for the Sunday Times, um, or whether it's you as a consumer borrowing a car for an hour or borrowing a car for a weekend and, and taking it and getting to know it. So what we're doing is we're giving people an initial view of the product. And I, I bring a bias to that. I must do. I hope it's a bias that, uh, that's geared towards what's best for the consumer. And when we do reviews, that's always the important thing. So I'm looking at how does the product work from a consumer's point of view? Then I'm looking at how does it work from an advisor's point of view? Uh, and then there are some technical issues that we'll, we'll pick up on as well. But it's, it's a different approach that we take to the really analytical uh, approach of people like CI experts. And I think the two are very much complementary. Uh, from an advisor's point of view, and this, this is based pretty much on the feedback that we've got over the years of these reviews, is that uh, advisors find it useful to get a view on a product. They may agree entirely with what I say. They may disagree entirely with what I say. The important thing is that it gives them a, a baseline on which to look at things. And then when it comes to rating a product, which I, I always find the hardest part of the process, uh, you're trying to give something a rating out of 10 when you know darn well that everyone involved in that product has worked really hard to earn 10 out of 10. But I look at it from a slightly different point of view. It's very, very rare indeed that we give a product 10 out of 10. I think I've done it twice. Most products, a good product, should earn 8 out of 10. An exceptional one should earn 9 out of 10. Uh, and in that, we're looking as much as we can at the detail of the product. And that's getting as much information as I can get hold of. And ideally, I'm looking at terms and conditions. I'm looking at the product literature. I'm looking uh, online to see what's said about products and, and as much information as I can possibly absorb. Insurance companies vary, most are very helpful in providing information. But to be honest, we review products regardless of how helpful the insurance company is. And the reason we do that is, is because we feel it's important for advisors, uh, for us to have a look at as many products as, as we can discover in the marketplace and to tell them what we think about them as a, as a starting point for them to continue their own research. And to give a little bit of background about where we're going with this, because we want to talk about something new that Protection Review is launching this week, and that's the iMark. And the iMark is going to be a new way um, that we recognise true innovation within the protection insurance market. Now, as you know, Andy, um, as a marketing person, I've got this bit of a bee in my bonnet about buzzwords and complication and and i think the word innovative 
and and words like revolutionary and game changing and that sort of thing do get overused certainly in the financial services industry but probably in most industries most press releases that get issued about products probably include one of those words do you think there is true innovation within the protection market or are we just really seeing people tinkering around the edges we see it within critical illness where people just add a few illnesses on and call it innovative is that real innovation or is that just improvement i I think there has been real innovation i think the starting point for me is to say exactly what do we mean by innovation. And the temptation is to look purely at product features and benefits. But one of the biggest innovations that we've seen across the industry in recent years is the is the massive growth, and it, it's going to continue, in third-party services that are provided within a contract. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that's a very small product detail point, but what lies behind it is insurance companies deciding that if somebody has a problem, they want to help them get over the problem. Traditionally, we did that by giving them a check mm-hmm. back in the days when we had check. Uh, and the insurance industry, when I started out, was if you had a problem, if you died or you became seriously ill, we would give you a check and then go away and expect you to fend for yourself. Uh, these days, we'll give you help, we'll give you advice, we'll give you information. And that's growing and we're, as a market, we're, we're, we're kind of testing where that should go. At extremes, we're looking to encourage you to adopt a positive lifestyle to make better life decisions so we actually want our customers to be healthier we want them to live longer and you can argue that's pure self-interest but but actually the reality is no when we get up each morning we want to work for organizations that do good things rather than bad and that's a good thing uh, so that would be an, a, an example of what i think of as true innovation straight through processing tele-underwriting would be other examples Critical illness itself was an innovation back in the in the 1980s. It's been developed considerably since then, but like you, I share the frustration of a, a bit of overblown hype uh, very often as to quite how innovative something is. We see a lot of evolution rather than revolution. There's nothing at all wrong with that. But like you, I'm, I'm a great believer that as an industry, you either innovate or you go backwards. And I think we've had periods within the protection industry where we've really been treading war for a bit. I sense that things are changing, not universally, but are changing across the market. We're looking to be more genuinely innovative, but we have a long way to go. And I think critical illness is a good example of that, because if you ask the basic question, if I buy a critical illness policy, will it pay me out the benefit that you're talking about if I get a critical illness? The answer is no. It will pay out if you get all of this huge list of critical illnesses, and that might be 99% of the things that might get to you, but at the moment it isn't 100% across the market. And I think we still have a way to go to coming up with perhaps a better way of devising the products. That's the kind of thing that we want to reward at Protection Review. We've always given a mark for innovation on product. Now we're we're going slightly further and saying, well, rather than just try to rank it out of 10, let's let's not do that, but let's reward that someone is being genuinely innovative. Let's encourage it and let's, let's push for more innovation. So it's a really good time, as you say, to be launching this iMark at the moment, because I agree with you. I think that the industry feels on the verge of, of, of a real drive towards doing things differently. That's a confluence of technology and customer service and product innovation. So it is a good time to be launching something like this. So just, just to be clear, from now on, you're going to be re- reviewing the products as you always have done. So you'll mark them out of 10. They'll get a platinum, a gold, silver, etc. 
But in addition to that, if you believe that the product is truly innovative and truly does something different, you'll also award it this I mark. Yes, very simple. Uh, we award an I mark or we don't. And um, we're probably going to disappoint a few insurance companies who will say, well, we think this is really innovative. But, but ultimately, we, we, we are sort of judge and jury on this. Uh, and what we're looking for is things that are materially different in the marketplace. We What we might see is that we will actually give an I mark to perhaps not just one product, but the two products that seem to be taking the market in the in a different direction at the same time. An example of this might be uh, the the cover that developed a little while back where a couple of insurance companies launched almost simultaneously products that were designed for people with type 2 diabetes. Uh, They were probably working on the product independently. Their launch dates were within a few days. And in fairness, in that kind of situation, you may well award two different IMARCs to two different companies rather than say, well, you were first into the market these people were two days behind you and they get nothing. So that, that'll be one of the things that we'll look at. But but yes, we will give an eye mark for really innovative ideas. And that's probably going to mean the minority of products, the vast minority. But equally, we're looking to encourage innovation. So we hope as many companies as possible will earn an eye mark. So adding a new critical illness onto an already very long list of critical illnesses is unlikely to be awarded an eye mark in your mind. But if something, if somebody comes along and does something really interesting with a, an iPhone app or something like that and links it to underwriting or something, that's possibly something that you might award the eye mark for. Yes. Otherwise, I think it would devalue the eye mark. And um, that's, that's quite important. And, and it comes back to, I mentioned earlier that we hardly ever give a product 10 out of 10. And I know as a product marketing manager, that's very frustrating because we all want our products to be five star or 10 out of 10 or, or gold or whatever you want to call it. And the reality is that we see most products as, as not being perfect. There are things that can be done to make them better, better for the consumer, uh, better for the advisor. And it's going to be the same with the iMark. Yes, you might be innovative by coming up with two new critical illnesses that no one has ever thought of before. And it might be that you pay out a handful of extra claims each year. And both of those are good things. And we're very much behind that. But I wouldn't see that as, as earning an iMark. And iMark's got to be something that's a little bit special. And so it's got to be something that is radically different and something that should benefit the consumer. I think that's the flavour that runs through everything the Protection Review does, isn't it? It's got to be of benefit for the consumer, ultimately. I think that's a very important thing to say, isn't it? It is. It's, we're in a business, um, it's a funny business, because Protection Review, our marketplace, is we're selling to other businesses. But behind all of that is the end consumer. That's what drives the business. It's what drives product development. Everything that we do is there for the consumer. And our job as a, as a totally independent voice, uh, and that's an important point I think also to emphasize, is that we're looking at what's best for the consumer. Uh, and it doesn't matter who's developed the idea, whether it's uh, a company that's been in the market for hundreds of years or whether it's a brand new organization. The test is, you know, what are you doing for the consumer? Does this make life better for them? Does it give them better value? Does it give them new things that, that are going to help them if they have problems? So as always, when you review a new product or an evolved product, Andy, we'll feature that review on the Protection Review website. But what else are we going to be doing with the iMark to help companies promote their own products? Again, we're looking to keep things very simple, Roger. So what we're looking firstly to do is to promote the iMark on the website so that as an advisor, you can look and you can see 
different organizations and any iMarketing of sold which, which products. Secondly, we want to encourage firms to use the iMark in their literature. Uh, we're a commercial organization, so we make a, a charge on that. And what we say to insurers is, if you want to use the protection review iMark, then there's a standard £2,000 fee for doing that. So it's good value for them, uh, but it's also an opportunity for them to say to their wider audiences, hey, we are being innovative. We are trying to do something different to the benefit of, uh, of our customers. I think this is a real important development and i think the fact that you're going to make it really quite hard to get is going to is going to create that that level of recognition so when companies do um, find that their product has been awarded the i mark it really is going to be a reflection of true innovation <laughs> and no doubt we'll have a few interesting debates um, going forward as to what qualifies and what doesn't qualify but i think ultimately this is a really exciting and interesting development for the protection market in the United Kingdom. We're certainly very excited about it. I'm I'm excited about it. Um, Innovation is something I have long been an advocate of. I've helped write academic reports on on innovation and leadership. Innovation is something we've always encouraged. We need to do more. And with the iMark, that's exactly what we're doing. Fantastic. Andy, it's been great to talk to you today about Protection Review and the iMark. Now, this is the Marketing and Finance podcast, and I always ask my guests an extra couple of questions towards the end of our interview. So, Andy, has there been a marketing campaign, and it doesn't need to be a financial services campaign, it could be anything, a marketing campaign that's caught your attention in the last um, 12 months or so, that's really made you sit up and think, wow, I really like the way they did that, or yes, I need to get myself out and buy that? I I think there are lots. One of the ones, and it's perhaps a bit of a cliche, but one of the campaigns that I've uh, long enjoyed is is the the Meerkats uh, advertising campaign and everything that's now behind that on television. And I think they've taken what what a lot of people would see as a fairly bread and butter product and made it a bit of fun. Uh, And that's something that, as an industry, I think we can learn from. But life insurance, protection, health insurance, they're not the kind of issues you want to be thinking about all day, every day. They are important. If we can make the whole journey, the whole process more interesting, more easier to engage with, then then that's great. And is there a business book that you've read recently that you'd like to share with the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast? It's it's actually not a business book. It's an autobiography. Okay. I'm a bit of a petrol head, as some people might know. And um, so I I read a lot of books which aren't business books that I think have a relevance in business. And the book I'd recommend people to read uh, is Damon Hill's autobiography. And the reason for that is that unlike a lot of sports biographies, it was written by the individual themselves, Damon Hill, ex-Formula One world champion, and someone who many of us, I think, were surprised to find had struggled with depression and mental health issues throughout his career. He lost his dad when he was a teenager in an aircraft accident. He struggled to establish himself it was very late into motor racing, never really had the confidence that some of his peers had, and yet went on to become world champion. And I think with the interest that we have, and rightly so, in mental health issues uh, across industry generally, and certainly across financial services now, uh, it's a very sobering uh, and intelligent insight into the kind of problems that real people have. And as an industry, we have to remember I think that, that our job is not to go through the traditional underwriting route of how can we exclude people from buying our products, but how can we make them inclusive? How can we help people who have these kind of problems? And so Damon Hill's autobiography, 
not a business book as such, but I'd, I'd recommend it for the lessons that it can give to business people. Um, the other purely business book, I'm going to choose two here, sorry, uh, is the, the book that my uh, colleague Lucien Kampko wrote on the future of marketing and financial services. Um, that's a great book. That is definitely business-related, and again, thoroughly recommend it. Lucien Camp was the very first guest that I ever interviewed on the Marketing and Finance podcast, and that is nearly 200 episodes ago, so it's in, really interesting that you mentioned <laughs> Lucien's um, name there. I also now have it in my head, this image of you driving Jeremy Clarkson-like around the English countryside in some supercharged motor car, thinking about who's going to be given the I mark next. Andy, fantastic to talk to you today. Just before we go, tell me how can people find out a little bit more about the I mark? Very simple. Go to protectionreview.co.uk. Fantastic. Andy, great to speak to you. And no doubt I'll see you down in London in the next few weeks. Roger, my pleasure and I look forward to that. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.